Hello and welcome to Cast of Pod to Your Witcher. I'm your co-host Tom. I'm your co-host Erin. I'm your co-host Max. And today we're discussing the short story The Last Wish from the Witcher anthology of short stories The Last Wish. Yeah, so uh, we're excited about this one. I think it's it's. Oh yeah, no, it's... no. I think I think we're all pretty excited about this one, actually. Yes, we're very excited about this one. Oh yes. Yes, this one is this one's gonna be great. Um, we've also got yes. the two interstitials, um, because they're they're actually quite consequential, more so than the others. I would argue. Yes, uh, both of them. I would say, yeah. Um, so we've got the first one. You know, it's. Geralt having a some kind of sauna-y bath type thing in a little yeah. cave. He and is. We yeah. get a lot of world building about the flowers and the herbs and the properties of some of them and the medicinal qualities of them. And he's chatting with Nineke and you know about his treatment and you know she's what pressing him to go into a trance and he's scared to because well various reasons which become evident and it's we also hear the name Yennefer um, and yeah there's a lot going on here yes there's so much going on here yeah Yennefer has clearly been recently visiting um, prior to his visit at the Temple of Militelli um, and as Nedica confirms looking for signs of him um, in the surrounding environment <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh my, yes, I, not I looking but this. definitely looking I love this so much um, because um, Geralt says he's going to, he needs to leave because he's uh, afraid Yennefer's going to come looking for him there. And Nanika tells him not to worry because Yennefer's already been here two months ago. Um, but, uh, and that she won't be back soon because they quarreled. No, not because of you. She didn't ask about you. <laughs> Geralt <laughs> replies, she didn't ask. And Nanika's <laughs> laughing at him because of how obviously hurt he is. He just sounds so hurt, yeah. yeah. Like, ironically. Like, yeah. like the moment he said that, I imagined him looking, like, actually really hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, this is the first reference we get, and a quite consequential reference, to um, what it is that happens with sorceresses and why they're infertile. And, of course, Yennefer's infertility is a, a major theme of... Everything. Yes. So it is established that rather than the ovaries being physically cut out of the women and burned ceremonially they just atrophy um which i suppose frames the whole thing slightly differently because you know oh they're only atrophied maybe they could magically restored whereas in the in the tv show they're physically not there <laughs> um so it's slightly different well at atrophy does imply that they're also physically not there anymore oh. or at well, least just withered withered I mean, the show also makes it like this intentional sacrifice that is made. Yeah, whereas... yeah, yeah. The, the 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 distinction is that like there is a degree of intentionality in the show, like, but but it does it does, like I mean like when I read it, it was a little bit. It did sound a little bit to me like Nidica telling Geralt, "Fam, the parts aren't there anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> it's not like it's not like regrowing nails. You just can't." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um. Geralt offers, so he offers some gemstones to sort of salve his pay. conscience, really. Yeah. Um, pay. To, yeah. To and, pay for uh, treatments. Yeah, so Nanika sort of laughs this off because you know the amount of money sorceresses can make just absolutely um, incomparable to 
what Gerald can acquire through his work and just Jennifer would see these as just ridiculous trinkets. Yeah, and also basically just says that like there actually just isn't anything he can do and yes. if there was Jennifer could afford it. Yes, basically. Yeah. Um the other thing of course we do get a reference to Vicenna uh here as well. Um cause... quite a strange one as well. I, like I think uh, I mentioned this to you when we talked about it like that mm-hmm. like um uh, like 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 Geralt, you know, yeah, makes a makes a line about um not all how... sorceresses are well, handicapped in this respect. I know something about that and you do too. And 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 that's actually quite interesting because like because because Dedica responds with um something along the lines of yes, I do. Yes. You know, like 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 she knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh if that makes sense. Yeah, so we get maybe an implication, especially because it says, Nedica closed her eyes. Yes, I do. Like, Nedica's pained about this, or she knows something. Like, maybe Nedica knew Vicenna. Yeah, like, yeah. that, yeah, that was my thinking as well, yes. right? Like, that, like, there's probably, like, I mean, it's, it's uh, not exactly, like, you know, like, impossible to believe. Because, like, when you think about it, like, you know, there's definitely some sort of thing going on where, like, like, Nedica knows Geralt since he was a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like, there are some sort of ties between, like, between, like, the Witcher School and Kaer Morin at, and, and the te- um, Temple of Militally at Alander, like, but, like, the, the, it, it's also not exactly impossible to believe that, like, Nedeka could have, like, known Vicenna, both of them being healers and everything. Mm-hmm. Apart from all this background about Yennefer and the infertility of sorceresses and about you know, not all sorceresses being infertile because Geralt's mother was one. Um, well, Druid slash sorceress, same thing, really, in terms of the power they use. Um, there's one other important piece of world building that is very, very important, even though it kind of gets changed later. This um, sort of almost last paragraph um, where Geralt has asked Nedeka about... Uh, they're, they're in a greenhouse, which is where they're sort of gathering plants and sort of having a bit of a, a steam. And... Um, Geralt asks Nenica something about half the plants that you've got here don't grow anywhere else anymore, am I right? And she says that it's yes, more than half. Um, and he asks her why, and she says, You see, Geralt, this bright sun of ours is still shining, but not quite the way it used to. Read the great books if you like, but if you don't want to waste time on it, maybe you'll be happy with the explanation that the crystal roof acts like a filter. It eliminates the lethal rays which are increasingly found in sunlight. That's why plants which you can't see growing wild anywhere in the world grow here. Um, so, I mean... It's a bit confusing, given it talks about global cooling later on, but at the yeah. moment it seems to be implying something like global warming. Yeah, I don't um, think it's trying to imply global warming. I think um, these were written in the 90s when all we were talking about was the ozone layer. Yeah. yeah. This CFCs. is all about UV radiation. Also, for what it's worth, there's like something going on there where like it explicitly says that like uh, the sun is no longer shining so brightly. So, like, you know, like it, doesn't, it isn't exactly necessarily like out of line with the global cooling theme later either. Mm. Well, I suppose, yeah. I- I'm just looking at it as a physicist. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he had quite, um, even though this was written later, I don't think he had quite yet decided at this point that global cooling was the way forward, but he had already fixed on the idea that, like, something is wrong with the world. Mm. Um, and I think it's possible that just, like, as the books got later and as the ozone layer thing became less of a crisis, he maybe changed his focus. <laughs> Yeah, so that takes us to the story. Yes, on the grim note that when 
Geralt asks Denica if, if people should be sheltering themselves from what is essentially UV radiation too. She says, in principle, yes, but it's too late. Like, oof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So on that's, that bombshell. <laughs> yeah, on that bombshell, we get uh, Geralt answering Denica's other question, which was, how did you meet Yennefer? Mm. Mm. And it's the, the story. The, it is the story. The last wish, the one of the greatest short stories ever written. And the basis for my very favorite episode of the series, of course, which was Bottled Appetites. Yes. There's, the thing that's interesting here is, you know, lots of analysts of media and popular culture talk about intertextuality and all that kind of thing. And I think the ways in which the story, uh, the book and the show, and even the game's portrayal of it vary slightly is really interesting. And I just mm-hmm. really like the differences between them as much as anything else. Obviously, mm-hmm. the book's canon. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know that's how i understand it but equally you can enjoy the tv series as a different story and i really like the. we can obviously get into the meat and bones of it later on and what the specific differences are but just yeah oh the, the reasons it's different i think are really cool to go into oh yeah um, for sure and get just the story itself um yes. so oh, yeah obviously the they start so happy. <laughs> okay <carry on>. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they start um starts a similar I think we should view it through the prism of just ignoring the TV show till later on. Um, we'll focus on the book for now. Um, yeah, they start and they're fishing. Um, they catch just this monster honking fish uh, that breaks away from the line. And they have a little bicker because, you know, Dandelion had taken off a bit of bait and put a crow's head on it. <laughs> and it's um, that that's what to... caught the fish while Geralt is blaming him for losing grasp of it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> which is a very um, Geralt dandelion dynamic sort of thing, is dandelion accidentally doing something useful. <laughs> <laughs> and then screwing it up anyway. Supposedly. <laughs> yes. Then screwing it up anyway, yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh... Yes, um, and so as uh, they're going to, to, to pull the net back in after this um, mishap with the 12-foot catfish, um, seems pretty big, um, they pull up what Dandelion describes as oh, a wreck of a barge from King Demzod's time, um, but it's really just like a, a clump of, of, of ropes and algae and things. Um, which he's seriously exaggerating the archaeological value yeah (laughs) i love dandelion i love how like everything is magical and a story and a poem to him (laughs) like seriously he's i mean yeah he's a creep but i love him um but among all of this wreckage is um what Geralt calls an old pot but what dandelion immediately identifies as a charmed jar with a gin inside who will fulfill his three wishes um which Geralt thinks is absurd. <laughs> um, they squabble over it, um, and uh, while they squabble, they they drop the jar, and it smashes, and a, a mist emerges. Um, dandelion, being Dandelion, immediately decides that he's in charge of the djinn and starts making his wishes. One, firstly, may Valdomar, <laughs> the troubadour of Sidaris, die of apoplexy as soon as possible. Secondly, there's a count's <laughs> daughter in Kilf named Virginia who refuses all advances. May she succumb to mine. Thirdly, at which point the um, Jin attacks his throat to prevent him from making his wishes. Yeah, and uh, of course, that's when 
the shenanigans begins. <laughs> because the djinn decides to emerge into all its rather scary glory from the... Yeah, the description of it is really interesting. It's not like, you know, you would expect djinns to be described. It's, it's interesting, you know, it describes it as having paws and a kind of big beaky nose and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, sort of uh, the smoke pulsated and collected in a, a regular sphere level with dan dandelion's eyes. The sphere formed a six-foot-wide distorted head with no nose, enormous eyes, and a sort of beak. Two monstrous paws emerged from the horrible head and grabbed the bard by the throat. Yeah, it's got sort of a very weird appearance. Um, but yeah, it's, obviously he they get into a tosh soul and Geralt grabs the lid of the pot um, gets burnt by it, evokes a phrase that he doesn't know the meaning of and casts this, casts this gin away. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we'll come back to the significance of that. Yeah, he, he, evoke, he evokes a phrase that a priest has had taught him a long time ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> an old elven phrase. <laughs> an, an exorcism, supposedly. Yes. Uh, in the secret language of her priestly order, I believe. Um, yes. Yeah, yes. So um, Dandelion is, of course, in very bad shape, coughing up blood. Not not great. So Geralt, being the good friend he is, gathers him up and, and rushes to the to the next town. But he is stopped at the gate because no one is allowed in between sunrise and sunset. And even though he's ridden all day, he's, he's arrived after sunset and is brought to the guardhouse um, where he is greeted by our old friend Kyriadan, and yes. um, his cousin Erdil, and a knight named Radomir. Well, our old friend from the TV series, at least. The yes, our old friend from the TV series. Him. We've never <laughs> met him before in the stories. <laughs> like, uh, yes, um, and, like, and they basically advise him to, as soon as he's actually allowed to go into the city in the morning, uh, to... Um, visit the only sorceress in town because the um, wounds inflicted on Dandelion are of a magical nature and Kiredan, although a healer, can do basically nothing about them. Yes. Yeah. So this is also where we learn that at this time um, magicians, mages, wizards, what have you, are hard to come by in Redania because the king, who is Heribert at this point, has uh, placed attacks, attacks on magic. On magic. And the mages who are wildly wealthy beyond the imagination of the common person uh, don't want to pay taxes, so they're not working in Redania right now. What you have to understand is that basically mages are a bunch of libertarians. Like, they're tax dodgers. And they're, ta <laughs> they're tax dodgers. Yeah. Like the, the... no, Yennefer is also tax dodging yep. because she's refusing to pay her taxes. She's 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 avoiding like this problem by basically being like um... she's a scab. Well, she's shacking up with someone who has diplomatic immunity because he's a yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't even think like the right the scab is the right word because they're not workers. They're <laughs> yeah, true enough. <laughs> mages they're, aren't they're... workers. <laughs> mages aren't workers. <laughs> Defund the Brotherhood of Mages. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they do own their own means of production, yeah. They own their so own they... means of production. They are self-employed. They are not workers. Like They're white like, van drivers. They're white van drivers. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, they're, they, are, they are literally, like, not even small businessmen. They're actually quite sizable self-employed businessmen. 
they're so, consultants. So they're consultants. <laughs> and they're consultants and they're contractors. And and Yennefer is not even scabbing. She's just violating the law. But it's okay because she ha- she's hiding she's hiding behind diplomatic immunity. <laughs> it is several levels of what the fuck from a from a <laughs> really any sort of pro-tax perspective yeah it is pretty pure yennefer though and i kind of love it (laughs) i mean i hate it but i love it no i mean it's it's completely in character but it's also in character for all the wizards (laughs) but also thank you our author who is an economist (laughs) nobody wants to pay taxes right if they can afford it like avoid it rather um, is is the moral that we're meant to take from this? Thanks, Sapkowski. Yes, thanks, from economist. <laughs> from from ec- from extremely neoliberal '90s economist Andrzej Sapkowski. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Ger- Geralt uh, wishes to see this entrepreneur um, to heal his friend, uh, but obviously she's in this house and it's guarded, so he. Um, uses a coin purse to get <laughs> his shit out of the bounce. Batter him unconscious. He says, you can't bribe me. Um, <laughs> uh, bribe me, but of course, money opens all doors. Yes. So, 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 so Geralt smacks him across the face. Yeah. Yeah, so the, she, he stumbles in and there is this poor gentleman, seemingly a bit steaming, trying to recover Completely some apple naked. juice. Completely naked. Yes. Well, naked. Um, <laughs> after some apple juice. For, for his mistress. Yes. She wants juice from apples, specifically. <laughs> <laughs> she insists very specifically on juice from apples, yes. Uh, I love um, Geralt's reaction when he sees um, this, uh, the, the, the man pass out. Just like Geralt shrugged and nodded sympathetically. He generally avoided overdoing the alcohol, but the state in which the merchant found himself was not entirely unknown to him. I just, I love that. <laughs> it, it's fantastic that, like, Geralt just sympathizes with him. Because <laughs> he's like, I've been there, man. <laughs> and when he's like, for a moment, the Witcher considered pouring juice over him to wake him up, but he changed his mind. <laughs> um, yeah, and so he goes to find, find herself. And comes to just a table, just a battlefield of jugs, carafes, goblets, silver plates, dishes, and ivory-handled cutlery. Um, mm-hmm. Just a just a complete mess really, <laughs> of fruit and gluttony and such things. And um, finds herself in a bed in a state of undress in a in a very detailed described bed with um, what's is it fawns and other creatures? Yeah. Well, it has oh, yeah. it has fawn it has wooden fawns with um a quite with apparently quite sizable dicks like yeah. <laughs> on the corners <laughs> yeah yeah I believe the phrase used at one point is uh, grasping um and, uh, and, uh, used uh, to being grasped yeah <laughs> when, yeah when she grabs the post just, yes just a, a wonderful little line. That's... <laughs> <laughs> There's so many little bits of flair and creativity in the writing, and it's just oh, it's so brilliantly written. I love it so much. Um, and yeah, he starts conversing with with herself. Yes. One knee and a like, finger. Well, she. 
she initially like she he he gives he gives her apple juice and the, and she's initially grateful but then insists on knowing who he is and what he did with Baron and um <laughs> Geralt like foolishly asks her which question should I answer first <laughs> and gets a magical arrow right in the face <laughs> like yes for having sassed her that like he only deflects just barely like with a yes. sign at the last second <laughs> I mean that's kind of their relationship <laughs> in yeah. the microcosm really <laughs> yeah uh... um and the fact he addresses her as Lady Yennefer when he's being apologetic is um, also appropriate. Yes. So she's 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 impressed by his defence, having not seen a witcher casting spells before. Suddenly mm-hmm. he and uses the In fact, having not seen throw. a witcher before. Yes. <laughs> and um, quaffs down the apple juice, and they have a little, a little bit of a discussion about who he is and what he is. He yes. basically explains the situation to her. Well, yes. I like that uh, we get uh, a bit of a note about his fame at this point now. She says, a witcher, not only is it the first one I've seen up close, but it's none other than the famous white wolf I've heard about you. He's... <laughs> so we get a note about his, his fame as a witcher. Yes, indeed. And not the butcher of Blaviken, it should be no, noted. It's the, the famous white, white wolf. wolf. Um, so clearly she's quite impressed by this gentleman. Um, mm-hmm. And so he obviously appeals to her for aid, but of course, you know she she's gotten out of bed for him early. You know yes. she's bypassing breakfast, but the, the one thing <laughs> she's not going to bypass yes. before going anywhere is some hot water and soap. And this is yes. where we get the fantastic line about that they repeat in the show, of course, because it's so good. About you know not not only can I guess the age and breed of your horse, but also its color by the smell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh... <laughs> poor Roach. Yeah, poor Roach. Roach doesn't deserve this. <laughs> Roach doesn't deserve anything, but <sighs> still, the series is unrelenting towards Roach. Roaches. Roach apple. Oh yes, the Roaches. Well, the roaches deserve an apple and a sugar lump and a nice brush. They don't deserve this. (laughs) Exactly. Like, like, you know, like, bully Geralt all you like, but, like, is it necessary to bully Roach? (laughs) (laughs) What what we get established is basically that what Geralt has done to win her over is basically be magical and be in a scrape, but also bring her apple juice when she was thirsty, which, you know... Oh look, you've you know. Admittedly, like I'm gonna I'm gonna go out to the limbs and say that like actually at this scene, what interests her most is actually the fact that like he mentions a genie. <laughs> like yes, um, that's clearly the most pressing <laughs> issue. Everything else to her like, is just sort of yeah. Like although like dressing it up. See, like, like there, the, this there is there is a whole thing where like she basically like is like and this is like sort of replicated in the in the in the like tv show like uh where she's basically like really interested in his like anatomy and like you know basically the the, like the various biological features of his mutations 
mm-hmm. and like she's being awful sarcastic about the fact that Geralt doesn't like to be interrogated about them, which I'm not gonna lie, like you know, like I can't fault him for, because like what you're be re- really like mostly asking him is like a lot of irritating questions about, um, like all the various things that make him different that he really hates. Actually, yeah, and, and I mean, like the way she's does asking not enjoy. them, mm-hmm. and the way she's asking them too. Like she's not, she's not just asking about like. So she starts off, you know, admiring his scars, and and you know, she's walked in on him completely nude. Um, but yeah, so the way she's asking him, and it's like kind of awful things. Like I can hear your heartbeat; it's very slow. Can you control how much adrenaline you secrete? Like it's just like things that just aren't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Like, I don't like how, how Stregoborian is being here. Um, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, I mean, yeah. to be fair, he is a strange man who's wandered into her bedroom while she's undressed, so I think she yeah. has some... Uh, yeah, Bags, but, like, you don't, you don't ask a witcher about his mutations. Like, it's just common <laughs> courtesy. Like... What I think is it... interesting is, is she reading his mind here? Because she says, oh, forgive me my profession. He, he has no dialogue. And she says, oh, forgive me my professional curiosity. Apparently you're touchy about the qualities of your own body. You won't, you're you wont to describe these qualities using words which I greatly dislike, lapsing into pompous sarcasm with it, something I dislike even more. So it's like, was she reading his mind to hear his, like, we know from, like, later stories how he refers to himself as, like, a monster and inhuman. And is she reading his mind and seeing that, like, internal monologue? Maybe. But, like, also remember that, like, just a bit ago, like, um... Like, she had asked him, like, before, before they went into the bath, like, like, one of the first things she asked him was, like, can you dilate your pupils at will? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, like, Geralt responded with, like, um, you know, maybe help my friend first, and then we'll talk about, like, all my mutations and abnormalities that I have. Mm, That's true. Like, so, so that might be a reference back to that. Um... Like, but but also she could be reading his mind. Like, um, it's, I mean, we've established I mean, that, that like nor- source sorcerers just sorceresses especially just do that casually without any regard for like propriety. Yes, and just like there's later stories where we get sort of Geralt and Yennefer dialogue where she tells him off for things that he explicitly says about himself that are quite horrible. So, but I'm thinking ahead to like shard of ice basically. Yeah, delete um, that, Aaron. Like, yeah, <laughs> delete that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's probably <laughs> worth mentioning we do get an eyes mention. Um, yes. yes, we're still on the search for the cat <laughs> eyes. We yes. have not found them yet, but yes. in they've the been called moment... strange, and then they've been said that they look weird, but they've not been referred to as cat eyes explicitly. And of course, she's, exactly, she's um, saying she's asking him, "Can you?" Um, narrow and dilate your pupils at will and at first i thought oh narrow narrow is not a word used for round things but then um dov pointed out that that's a translation i mean it, uh... like like because in the lofanian translation it just says can you contract your pupils or expand them like so i wonder if that's a translator it, it, it uses... knowing something yeah, I mean, like, like this is this is what if some if some if someone among our listeners has has the Polish version, hello Sasha, please let <laughs> us know. Um, shout out like, to Sasha. Shout out to Sasha. Um, like, please let us know um, what it says in the original. 
Yes. At is the it a word that implies narrowing? Yeah, just at the Witcher cast or any of us on Twitter. Is it a word that implies narrowing the way you wouldn't with a round thing, or is it just contract? Yes. Um, like, but, but, yeah. So, we currently don't know. As we've noted before, both the English and the Lithuanian translation flicks between sparks of genius and being really wonky. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, what a mood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, same, right? Like, like yeah, that's, I think all of us, right? <laughs> whom's among us? Um, like, uh, so, 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 so let us know if anyone's reading it in the original Polish. Um, so, yeah. We, yeah, we, we come on from this, and then, of course, they go for a bath. And um, unlike in the TV series where they go back to back, in this case, they do normal sort of bathy thing, except she turns herself invisible. Yes. Yes. But as as the as as Gerald continually notes, you can still make things out if you simply watch the soap that like <laughs> forms into patterns on her body. I think this is really interesting to describe it in a book because it's kind of the same thing. You know, you're not realistically, physically seeing naked Yennefer, but through text, mm. that's kind of describing it the same way soap would form mm-hmm. on a naked person, so that you could see them. Yeah, and and, and I think that's quite is... a cool. That's that's a cool bit of imagery. I think. I was gonna say it's actually quite cool as like almost like a parallelism to the way that like in text you're obviously, as you say, not seeing a nude person. But text sort of reveals that person to us without us seeing them. And it's sort of like a fun parallel, um, the way that the soap and water sort of forms the image of her body for Geralt. That's the way the words are doing it for us. I think it's a fun little parallel between like the way yeah, the, it's... the action is happening in the text and what text does for us, even if she wasn't invisible in this scene. I, I think it's just really cool. It's He's really just a really good writer. Writing. Yeah. <laughs> like, are we are we sh- absolutely sure we're not trying to read too much into Geralt just perving on on naked but invisible but soapy Yennefer? I think even if it's not intentional, it's still a really brilliant <laughs> bit of imagery. Death of the uh, author. No, I mean, please let me use my English degree. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was going to say, like, it is it is actually really cool when you consider, like, not just, like, this scene, but, like, a lot of actually, especially in this short story, scenes, but also actually in the previous Voice of Reason, um, where, like, okay, so Sapik has described himself in the past as, like, he says he basically doesn't really picture scenes in his head that he writes. Like, like he doesn't actually get an image of them. He has as aphantasia or something. Like, like, it's, like. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. It's like as, as, as all deep as all that. But he has basically straight up said that he doesn't get, like, an image of a scene when he writes. He ba- like in, in Sapig's head, Geralt is literally letters. Like, and and, and so is everything in this world. And I think that's actually really interesting, considering that he still manages to write extremely vivid imagery that you are immediately transported into and you can immediately picture. Because, um, like, again, that that, that joke aside, though, like, in this scene, I can basically imagine exactly what Geralt's seeing. Like... Mm -hmm. And hell, I can imagine Geralt himself because, like, it uses it uses words like like like, um, you know, um, I don't actually know how to translate this out of the Lithuanian translation, um, but like it goes he goes it goes like you know like um, 
I mean, the best translation actually is literally Geralt completely lost his shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, well, like... the detail that that it's you know described in clearly it's very intentionally the fact that Geralt's eyes are popping out of his head. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, and it's like it, it's 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 actually just like kind of incredible how like, despite the fact that by his own admission he's a writer who does not really do imagery in his own head he's really good at evoking it in other people's heads Mm -hmm. yeah i I would agree with that yeah um so uh, apart from all of uh our discussion of um sax qualities of a writer back into the the plot um as Geralt's admiring yennefer um she is asking him to to continue relaying his story so he tells her about how he chased uh the genoa with uh an incantation and he tries to impress her by repeating the incantation using all these, like, <laughs> the specific form that's supposed to be, like, the way that sorcerers would give an incantation without actually saying it and thinking he's, 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 he's done a good job. And she he, thinks he's gonna, he thinks he's gonna impress her by, like, demonstrating <laughs> that he knows this rule. Like... Yes. And uh, Jennifer is laughing her ass off. <laughs> 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 because I mean, yes, um, as we will find out later, for good reason. Yes, because this, like, <laughs> this this incantation was in a, a secret language known only to the temple and apparently to Yennefer, and it's says something very funny that Geralt doesn't understand. <laughs> Which is a lot of things in this world. Bless yeah. him. <laughs> Our poor himbo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. Um, he's a bit, he's actually pretty extreme himbo in this story. He really is, yeah. Um. <laughs> like, he constantly demonstrates it, but, like, also, like, like, the thing is, it's not, it, sometimes it's less even himbo-y, and sometimes it, like, straight up goes into mansplaining. Because he, like, <laughs> he, like, in these scenes when he discusses the djinn with Yennefer, mm-hmm. like, he constantly interrupts her observations, like, you know, when she goes, hmm, interesting. A gin in a bottle. Like, he just goes, what? No, come on. There's no such thing as a gin. It was some sort of, like, purple mist, like, subtype that we don't know yet. Like, um, <laughs> later on as well, there is moments where he basically just interrupts people who are bigger experts than him on magic to tell them about how gins don't exist. Like, and they and they go, Geralt, shut up. Like, <laughs> well, we do. Yennefer does say herself, you know, um, no one's infallible and no witch is infallible. As we see, everyone can make a mistake. Well, we can get it on our way. I mean, um, she's yeah. doing so very sarcastically as well. Oh yeah, which, absolutely. Again, yeah. to be fair, given how much mansplaining he does in this, in this, in this, like. Uh, short story he deserves he's basically being being like you know like obtuse about the concept of de- of of jinns like he's 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 a new atheist but for jinns <laughs> a rational guy a ra- he's he's rational guying this entire thing there can be no such <laughs> oh no he's like the kind of person who's got skeptic in their twitter bio Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, like, remember remember always, admittedly, that Geralt in this short story is quite young. Like, 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 um, if Herbert is king in Redania, um, then it's, like, by my count, at least 40, if not 50 years before the Guardian Wars. Which cannot be possible. Like, Dandelion's in it. 
Dandelion and that, is the story. Yes, and Dandelion is already in the story, and they and it's al- and it already takes place after like the Valley of the Flowers one. So again, Dandelion is a half elf. Like yes, that's the only <laughs> rational explanation. It really um, is, because he never ages, and he never ages, and like, he can detect and... telepathy. Yes, like um, is extraordinarily gifted with music and... I, I might have actually exaggerated a little bit because now thinking about it i do remember that like um in in the blood of elves um this isn't really a spoiler because it's so minor it is mentioned that dandelion's age is about 40 yes. um so so if we take that as gospel and not just what the humans mistake his age to be mm-hmm. um like which mm. i doubt because the human in question was dykstra he probably knows dykstra like, knows things dykstra knows things um like uh, then 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 this this story should realistically take place about 20 years before the Nilfgaardian wars that makes um, sense. That's enough time for Geralt and Yen to have had their on again, off again. Yeah, it's yeah. right. Just about enough time, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but like, but like, imagine how actually, like, you know, like, relatively young both Geralt and Dandelion are in this. Like, mm-hmm. so it's actually forgivable that Geralt is going through his like, um, like phase where he's like, you know, he doesn't. He's not exactly a naive young witcher anymore. He's seen things. But he now imagines himself to be the wisest person on the planet and a, <laughs> a skeptic and a rational guy. Like, <laughs> oh, it's dear. fine. It's fine. The story shows him that there are still things to surprise him. Yes, and one of those things is the gin, of course, which Yen is very interested in, um, and is sort of trying to, in a roundabout way, find out. You know. Without, I think, trying to give away exactly how interested she is in the gin because he doesn't believe it exists. Finding out who's got the seal on the bottle and, and, and that sort of thing. And so when he finally tells her that Dandelion's the one who has it, which he's lying about, incidentally, that's when she finally decides, okay, well, we better go see Dandelion then. <laughs> Until then, she didn't seem to be in any kind of hurry. <laughs> yes, and then she portals through because obviously she can't walk on the streets having aggravated every single man of authority in the town yes yes and so they step through a portal which apparently Geralt Geralt is not a fan of yes (laughs) Geralt we establish there's actually semi good reasons established for why because Geralt has witnessed people get like ripped apart by portals like yes I love that Yennefer's just like no it's fine my portals are safe it's like okay the lady I just met like, but like, but like, he 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 also like explicitly says, like it, his internal monologue is going. Geralt has once witnessed a safe portal rip a person in two, like so, you know. Yeah. I don't blame I don't blame him like that. Like he's not exactly trustworthy, but it yeah. becomes a recurring theme of his personality because this is actually established for the rest of the series. Like, yeah, he's sort of the the Doctor Pulaski of of this. Oh, sorry. This- kind of a niche <laughs> reference maybe i've just started watching tng so i get that reference <laughs> oh, um so back on topic um so we get back and um yennefer has spent about an hour treating poor old dandelion and has uh, put him in a put him in a trance um and of course what, what's how, how are we pronouncing his name K- K- um, K- 
Kerry Aiden, yes, is sort of uh, warning shrug. Geralt. <laughs> yeah, is is warning Geralt about how crafty Yennefer is, and we get we get the wonderful line that again is used in the TV series. You know, it's almost as though you thought a scorpion were prettier than a spider because it's got such a lovely tail. You're not the first to have judged her like that with without knowing she's turned her charm and beauty into weapons, weapons she uses skillfully and without scruple, which doesn't, of course, change the fact that she's a fascinating and good-looking woman. Which, yes. Yeah. Which I love is um, Geralt's response. Unlike sort of Geralt who can't... Who, unlike TV shows, Geralt who is quite emotionally constipated, Geralt's response to that was, I'd sit on a scorpion with my bare backside if I knew it would help him about... Yeah, that was beautiful. That was such a wonderful expression of friendship. Like, (laughs) and to be fair, in a manner of speaking, he does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, The bit, the bit I thought was. I mean, I, I actually think that it's more the, the. I mean, it's more like the scorpion sat on with her bare backside (laughs) on him, but. (laughs) Yes. Point being. Um. What's interesting here, of course, is that uh, this is also where we see Geralt realizing that Kyrian is like in love with Yennefer, which um, is unusual for elves to be into humans because elves are so beautiful. Um, but um, of course, yeah, we get half some elf world. <laughs> yeah, well, she's quarter elf, but quarter um, elf, this is where we get some um, interesting world building about the origin of sorceresses, like about like individual sorceresses, not the concept of sorceresses. Um, yeah this is where it's established that basically most sorceresses were not girls who were originally pretty yeah so Geralt thinks it's kind of weird that um, Carrie ends that into Yennefer because not only do elves not usually get into human women but specifically sorceresses are um, you know each their own taste but in actual fact not many would describe sorceresses as good looking indeed all of them came from social circles where the only fate for daughters would be marriage. Who would have thought of condemning their daughter to years of tedious studies and the tortures of somatic mutations if she could be given away in marriage and advantageously allied? Who wished to have a sorceress in their family? Despite the respect enjoyed by magicians, the sorceress's family did not benefit from her, at least because by the time a girl completed her education, nothing tied to her family anymore. So that's kind of interesting. And also uh, says that unlike priestesses and druidesses who only unwillingly took ugly or crippled girls, sorcerers took anyone who showed evidence of a predisposition. Um, and then this is where we get as well, like, you know, if the child passes the first year of training, then that's when they sort of um, have magic sort of straighten and even out their legs, repair their bones. They should have been badly knitted, patch hair lips, remove scars, etc., etc. Um, so they're attractive. One might say they're... one is not born, rather becomes a beautiful sorceress. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, get a Simone de Beauvoir uh, pair of Well done. <laughs> I read things. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is the content that people watch our podcast for. <laughs> yes, well, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's always for the, the feminist takes. That's what we're here for, right? So, <laughs> What is not born simply becomes the Witcher cast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, unlike the show where, of course, they're rendered incredibly beautiful, Geralt says that the result of all of this magical repair um is a pseudo pretty woman with the angry and cold eyes of an ugly girl it's just like a bit problematic yeah he definitely like has like swallowed some rational dude pills here yeah or he's just internalized um, something very badly 
Yeah. Yeah, but like these are things that like you know don't exist. I mean, unless before Yen, Geralt had a thing with a sorceress with a sorceress that went so badly that he's still resentful. There's like no logical explanation for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he tries to pass it off as Geralt couldn't understand Kiraden. His eyes, the eyes of a Witcher, registered too many details. I'm not gonna lie, Geralt's internal monologue. This sounds like a, like like you trying to find reasons not to be attracted to Yen. Which, he's just been eyeing her up for the last however long they were yeah, in the like, so, he, I mean, like, he, come he, on, he, he says, like, this is the fucking thing, right? Like, he says a line that, that, like, perplexed me, honestly, and I distinctly remember this, even the first time I was reading this as a 14-year-old, um, like, uh, which was, um, Yennefer, while attractive, was not a beauty, and it's just like, mate, you spent the last hour staring at her soaped-up tits, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, like, come on. I think one of the things, so I was thinking about this when I was reading it, because he does describe, you know, he focuses on tiny, minute details of her face and says, oh, her lip was imperfect, her nose is whatever, but I think that's kind of, it's the fact that he's so enraptured by her that he's staring at these that everything about her face in, in significant detail because he is enraptured by her and that's why he's noticing these tiny things almost as if he's trying to find faults yeah i think, I think there's i think there's a point there in the sense that like again i think that like possibly this is a thing where like actually Geralt is like trying to find ways not to be attracted to yin exactly like yeah because exactly. the way that that line that you're referring to goes he's just like he saw her left shoulder slightly higher than the right her nose slightly too long her lips a touch too narrow her chin receding a little too much her brows a little too irregular her eyes dot 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 he saw too many details quite unnecessarily it's like he gets caught on her eyes and can't look away and can't find a fault with them and has to Either way, what yeah. <laughs> we're basically saying is the best case scenario, Gerald is saying some MRA bullshit. Like, yes. um, <laughs> like to find reasons not to not not to fall in love with Yennefer. Yeah. Like um, which like come on man. <laughs> you are sad and pathetic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so so like the um so of course Yennefer is starting to um, do some arcane rituals. She is drawing some fucking pentagrams. Yeah, like, yeah. witches love their pentagrams. Yeah. Witches love their pentagrams. <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> like... Witches be pentagramming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that one is gonna be kept. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. No. Um. Like that'll be our first T-shirt when we have enough listeners for it. <laughs> which days are long behind me, but I would wear that. <laughs> uh, witchers are like the carbon tax, and witches be pentagramming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. uh, of course, Geralt's expressing some concern about uh, poor Dandelion. Uh, he seems like he's raving, but Jennifer uh, says she has uh, given him a dream where his wishes are being satisfied, that she probed his mind to the very depths. So there wasn't much there. A few obscenities, several dreams, and masses of poetry. <sighs> Dandelion. <laughs> <laughs> like, really harsh Dandelion's expense? Entirely deserved. 
Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, love Dandelion to bits, but especially Book Dandelion does not have a lot in his brain. That has to be admitted. Yeah, like... Book Dandelion is kind of shallow and a bit of a creep, but I love him anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Geralt tries to establish um, a payment scheme for <laughs> Yennefer for like, the work you, you, she's well, done. I mean, it's it's Yen who starts talking about essentially a direct debit, right? Like, yeah. like <laughs> um, but she's divided the price up into installments, and the first installment that she wants is like uh, the seal that uh, the gin was sealed with. And they have some flirty banter. We get the like, don't reproach yourself, Yennefer. I'm not easily satisfied. You know, <laughs> that sort of only thing. the like... above average have managed. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like the 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 um, Lithuanian translation of it is quite dramatic because it goes, "Ordinary mortals have so far failed to satisfy me." Like, <laughs> Calm <What>? down, Geralt. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, um. Geralt, who have you been sleeping with? Like... <laughs> Probably a few succubi and such things. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, like, sh- should like we should go through the entire thing, Geralt, about how like let's be real here. Your job is to kill monsters, not <laughs> oh, other no, forms. Oh no, no, we don't need to talk about Geralt like... being a monster fucker, please. No. <laughs> I mean, he definitely has boned at least a few. Like, I mean, he has in the games, certainly. But, like, even up until now, realistically, Eren, like, you have to admit, he probably has. I know, I know. Like, 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 as as, as Bag says, he's definitely, he's definitely boned at least a succubi. I mean, a succubus. Probably plural as well. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's canon that Eskil has, so, like, Geralt yeah. probably has as well, realistically speaking. If only to keep yeah. up with Eskel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the real Chad of the story. <laughs> so we get... um, So all this time, basically, while they've been flirting with each other, Yennefer was basically trying to slowly cast a spell on Geralt. Yeah, he suddenly just stops monologuing. And it's actually really funny, because she explains that the reason she succeeded in casting a spell that took over his mind was because she knew that he loves monologuing so much, he would he would attempt <laughs> to monologue his way out of out of a out of like, you know, disentanglement with her. Like, um in the meantime. <laughs> well, I just she love could, that she's she, directly she, punished for mansplaining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of incredible and like entirely <laughs> deserved for what it's worth. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a lot of this, a lot of this short story is really Geralt being punished for mansplaining, and I kind of am for it. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. He never adventure. stops. He keeps doing it throughout the series, <laughs> but like, but at least he gets like punished for it the first time he meets Yen. Yes. <laughs> uh. And he, he, he realizes that it's happening and he's trying to, to fight it off. And he's saying, oh, Kiriadan will notice. And she's like, Lol. so what if he notices? <laughs> he, you know, uh, he's under my spell and not a que- and it's not a question of black sorcery. I didn't do anything in that way. It's just a simple question of body chemistry, um, which is great. So you get that line in the show, but Kiriadan says it in the show. So that's fun. That's Yen, who sort of is well aware that this is the situation. Um, yeah. And Geralt's trying to, to fight off the spell and saying, you know, you won't use me and she says, oh, well, I am. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, and she sort of mocks him as well. There's a brilliant line, it's like, 
um, but you're the one going to do it because you have to pay me for your insolence, for the cold way you look at me, for the eyes which fish for every detail, for your stony face and sarcastic tone of voice, for thinking you could stand face to face with Yennefer or Verengerberg and believe her to be full of self-admiration and arrogance, a calculating witch while staring <laughs> at her soapy tits. <laughs> I mean, like, this is fantastic because he is basically being punished for mansplaining and for, like, creeping on her. Like... At, creeping on her while also trying to neg her. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's being punished for negging her. Yes, exactly. Like, and I I love that she is completely aware of everything he was doing and thinking and like all of his attempts at like finding flaws, and she's completely aware of it. I love that she's not she's not extracting payment for him from him for healing Dandelion. The 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 gin would have been enough for that. This is for his bullshit behavior. Yes, and yeah, fair enough, really. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, someone needs to put Geralt in his place sometimes, right? Like, it's like no wonder he fell completely in love. Like, with okay, her. I don't, I don't yeah. want to come across as though I'm supportive of like of like punishing people by putting charm spells on them, like, um, and like having them go around as it turns out rampaging around town, um, <laughs> like, but 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 you know, like Geralt needs to be like put in his place sometime. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but it's no wonder he fell completely in love with her because, yes, she's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so she smooches him and puts him completely under a spell and he's there's entranced a, there, by there, lilac and gooseberries. There, there's, a weird, there's a weird femdom thing where like he basically crawls on his feet towards her as well, like, for a bit, like, while... Like, yeah. yeah. It, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of strange, sexy stuff going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's her, a set, her hand and, setting yeah. out the terms of the re- the relationship very early doors. Yes. <laughs> and so, of course, as in the show, he wakes up in a cell with Kyrieden and a bunch of ruffians, and um, he's he's in a bad way, about to about to get hung for his shenanigans, which we discover, like in the show, he's beaten someone up, he's spanked someone with a belt, and just got up to no good and was only captured when he tried to go to the temple to beat up a priest and got basically exercised. Yes, and poor Curie Dens ended up in here with him because he tried to stop Geralt and stop other people from, from beating him up because he knew that he was under a, a spell and Curie Dens now worried that for having defended Geralt he'll be suspected of being part of an anti-human riot. So we get a little note of the, the sort of anti-elf sentiment that can be around yeah i mean that was that was that was that was also like like a thing that came up earlier where like um um vratimir like the knight that's like uh hanging out with erdil and Kuredan, like um is noted to be like completely disqualified from the inheritance twice not just because he's a bastard but because he was born like um into a union of man and elf of a man and elf like 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 he has a special like fucking heraldic thing on his coat of arms to indicate that like he's a half elf bastard like he's a super untouchable yeah um like which um just like 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 you know it's a in in a very subtle way it seemed quite insidious that like that there's a there's a whole separate fucking heraldic marker for half-elven bastards as opposed to just bastards. Yeah, Phil Evandrel was not joking about the 
how badly half elf children are treated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so like there 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 was an earlier hint of that in this story as well. Yeah. Which is quite interesting. Um cuz like like it's it's it seems like with the introduction of dandelion into the story is like ironically, I think like for no particular reason but like it, coincidentally with every story where dandelion appears there's like a little bit more exploration of like these racial conflict themes it's almost like sapex trying to tell us something about dandelion yeah it's almost <laughs> like there's something about dandelion which makes this relevant <laughs> like mm-hmm. indeed <laughs> sapex if you're listening we know your secrets <sighs> so we get um we discover what Geralt's done and of course the the heavies turn up ready to take them away until, oh yeah, uh, like, we should t- probably talk about what Geralt's done, because it's kind of incredible. <laughs> like, which is that, like, he, he was basically hypnotized into attacking all the council members that had wronged Yen. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like, publicly denounced them for slighting his lady, including yeah, yes. pulling someone's trousers down and beating Whacking their arse up with a belt. In public, yeah. <laughs> Until he begged to the gods for forgiveness. Yeah. And he would promise to like to like change his ways, but like to, like Geralt wouldn't stop. Like and like they only like he they only they only were like you know like about to stop him when they like had brought a whole catapult in front of the main high temple in the city. <laughs> like when he like suddenly like fell unconscious. Like Yes. So much like the uh, the the show, um, less BDSM undertones, just a straight up beating in this in the book. Um, the the guard is you know battering poor Geralt, and Geralt's trying to provoke him into hitting him hard enough to knock him out, um, so they won't have to sit through the beating anymore. And so when the guard asks him like, "Oh, don't you have any wishes?" Uh, uh, Geralt replies, "Just one that you burst, you son of a whore." Whereupon and he pops. the guard bursts. <laughs> And of course, this then reveals that oh, Geralt's the the wish boy. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, of course, because of this, he gets taken out in front of the mayor, and they sort of try and work out why this happened. And it's clear that Yennefer is behind it. They think, because um, only Yennefer could have the power to do this. When of course she had nothing to do with it, and poor Dandelion is thrown into the mix out of nowhere. Yes, we're getting a we get a long lecture about gins that I don't really think is that interesting, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, Dandelion gets yeah chucked through a a, a portal, um, because Yen needs him to use quote unquote his last wish. Um, so he's chucked through a portal with the instruction to say, "I wish that you believe Geralt is innocent." <laughs> and and like and uh, the and the mayor and the tem- and like and everyone is pretty fucking co- confused what's going on <laughs> like yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he says I, my wish is for you so basically um they they're confused about what's going on and he he's he's rambling about having hallucinated a pretty black-haired female with fiery eyes who um, threw him into a shiny hole, a magic portal for sure, and gave him a clear and precise errand to arrive and immediately say, my wish is for you to believe the Witcher is not guilty for what has occurred. That and no other is my wish, word for word. So she's clearly given him a um, a gin tricks proof formulation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
But... Like it's it's like it's like this, <laughs> like I mean like there, there's clearly some D and D influence going on here because like it's clearly yes. designed how to like avoid <laughs> problems with a wish spell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I mean that's that's a long tradition in in all sorts of of media and folklore and things. This is that yeah, yeah, people and all you. that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so this is where they, they realize, ah, that Yen was trying to get Dandelion to use up his last wish so that the djinn would be freed from its bond to him so that she could capture it. But of course, as we know, Dandelion wasn't the one with the wish. Yes. Uh, so she's in Erdel's tavern having captured, um, the djinn, but it, it isn't weakening, basically, and she isn't able to, to get control of it. Yeah, it's tied up and flying around and getting angrier and angrier and tearing the building to parts and yeah. Yes, I love this so much because um, again, we get our our lovely economist author um, when they ask um, Erdal, like, oh no, like that's your your inn that's being destroyed. Uh, He's like, it's okay. It's it's insured against magical damage. Like, that insurance bit is actually fucking brilliant. It's like, hilarious. <laughs> I'm trying to find exactly where it is, so I really wanted to, to read that line out. Um, it's, it's so funny. It's like, is it, or is it insured against acts of magic or gods? It's like, of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, they realize, in fact, that it's not weakening, and they send Geralt through, back through the portal to go deal with Yennefer. Yes, and this entire, like, the next few chapters just done like sections rather are just done so brilliantly um yeah like the pacing here sort of you know they start getting a description of you know, the djinn thrashing around and trying to escape its bonds and yennefer and Geralt having a very intense moment with each other it's yeah she's casting spells yes. and incantations and trying to trap it and he's just trying to stay in one piece I love that she's got this like really selfless moment where she she doesn't really understand what's happening. She doesn't know why it hasn't weakened, and she's telling him, you know, to get out of here. It's getting dangerous. The whole thing's getting out of control. Do you understand? I can't master him. I don't get it. But it isn't weakening at all. Um, and she's saying to him, like, "Run, Geralt. He's located me. Um, he can't break loose. I I can't stop him. Um, but I'll she open the portal." She starts opening a portal into into yeah. The she says, room. "Like yeah." Which and so is, she which... says. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I was just I was I just wanted to say like like I really like how like the actual like magic is described in this scene because yes. there's a lot of like like very vivid imagery of like squares of light like and the jaws of the of the djinn emerging from it and like Yen trying to bind it with something that looks like um you know like a fucking magical net of light. I just think it's some really cool like you know fantasy special effects but in text and they also yes. talks about them um, the penetrating smell of ozone created yeah by curses. yeah there's there's it's like it's like it's like several levels of like several dimensions of like sense right like mm-hmm. for magic in this scene like yeah he doesn't just tell us oh there's a hole in the wall there he tells us there's there's a shining ring, ring of light and like you know this this fucking these fucking giant jaws of smoke are coming through it through, through it and it's it's great it's just fantastic yes yeah. it is it's brilliant and the fact that the djinn is using 
a portal to try to get into the building that it's not just ripping through the roof or materializing or it's really yeah it's cool i just like that she's got this the selfless moment as well when she's like she's clearly like at the edge of her abilities and exhausted uh, to the point that she's telling him that you know don't distract me i've got to concentrate but still she's trying to tell him like Geralt, you've got to get out of here i'll open my portal away for you to escape uh be careful i don't know where where you'll end up but you'll be safe like that's that's nice She's got no real reason to, to to be willing to sort of risk her own safety for him. But she yeah, is. especially since she's, you know, calling him a bloody idiot and a moron <laughs> and scratching at his eyes like a furious cat. <laughs> and um, then she tries to land a, an elbow shot in on him and accidentally a boob falls out for some whatever reason <laughs> that's necessary to describe. An oyster yeah. falls off of her dress and such things. Yeah, so what's happened here is she's created this portal to try to send him away so that he'll be safe, but she's going to try to stay behind and get control of the thing. But as she's creating the portal, he grabs her and pulls her through it because he wants to save her too. But mm. because it's a random portal, they've landed in the middle of a banquet? Yes. And they get yes. Covered yes, in food they, and... they slide down a banquet hall's table. Yes. <laughs> and a band is trying to play on as they're squabbling and fighting in the middle of it. Which is a shame they cut that bit out of the episode because that would have been really funny to see. Yeah, oh yeah, I love the Chamberlain, like, yelling at them. You're exaggerating with this teleportation. I'm going to complain to the Council of Wizards. I just meant, like... <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Geralt and Gen are, like, physically fighting. Yes, and this is like, she punched him in the eye and fired a volley of insults straight at him, which would do credit to a dwarven undertaker. And they were renowned <laughs> for their foul language. <laughs> uh... And they're still having this chaotic, sexy fight for whatever reason. Yes, um, and she's trying to portal them back to the to the inn because you know she's afraid without her there that the, the jinn's going to escape, and so they get sort of portaled back to the inn. Yes, and we get this series of just really short, sharp sections, sort of sub chapters, just describing jumping from perspective perspective to perspective as you know they're fighting. You know, describe sorts of the reaction of the mayor and dandelion and this jump is where to we it. get the line with the insurance <laughs> yes there it is does the policy i had that wreck yes. insured what for a massive so sum <laughs> yes, had that wreck insured for a massive sum does the policy cover magical and supernatural events of course well, that's wise mr <laughs> elf very wise congratulations <laughs> uh, i kind of love the priest because he's like so like sarcastic and like like <laughs> 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 like it's great it's a handful of really good scenes like yeah like yen ties yeah. Geralt up with magic and then they cut back and Jin's with fiery magic every yes. touch of it is burning him it, it, again more weird sexy magic things yes um, yeah there's definitely some there's BDSM some BDSM shit going, going on here like which yeah. well done episode 5 like they wait like actually this, 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 this was a thing I wanted I wanted to mention right like where like um, Geralt is sitting in jail right with Kiredan like mm-hmm. And and Kiredan is going is like you know he basically Geralt straight up asks Kiredan if he's like in love with her, um and Kiredan like cuts him off and goes like I don't like you know, big words but let's put it this way I am deeply fascinated by her would you 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 surely are surprised that you know somebody could be deeply fascinated by someone like her and Geralt like internally monologues about like how like he's trying to like make out like you know the 
like uh basically the image of Yennefer like um like back in his head and goes uh, and, and just goes like you know an image that despite everything um was weirdly fascinating like and that mm, yeah. that was that that was just like an important moment because like it had like like the last time Geralt had seen Yennefer before that she was doing some weird fucking BDSM shit where she had him crawl on his knees towards her <laughs> like uh, kiss her hand and then go off to beat people up on her behalf. Like, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> Geralt does have big sub energy. Like, he just does. But... He just does. Yeah, there yeah. is a thing there. So uh... we get to um the most one of the most important scenes as you know they're fighting and the building's tearing apart and um, Geralt foolishly reveals what you know that he's the holder of the wish after. You know, we get them on the dialogue between them saying, oh God, he better not tell Yennefer that he's the one with the last wish. You know, she can't know. She'll do some bad with it. And of course, him being him immediately tells her in the next scene. And so she's screaming at him, you know, wish for anything, anything you want. You can have, you could be a human again. You can do anything you want. Just wish for it. Um Yes. Hu- yeah. The way she says humanity, I've guessed it, haven't I? That's what you want. What? That's what you dream of, of release, of the freedom to be who you want, of not who you have to be. Uh, the gin will fulfill that wish, Geralt, just say it. And like that, I think, was really just a great series of lines, especially as she's like calling back to him sort of using such negative language about his mutations and not liking being asked about his body and, and that sort of thing. Mm. And also equally not, you know, mentioning her own wishes that she clearly has um, mm-hmm. and her own issues that she would clearly use you know yeah. the gen four. Yeah. Um yeah. she's yeah. focusing it on him. She's not wanting him to do a favour for her. She's wanting him to do it for him. Um, yes. Or at least saying that. Although I suppose in a moment of stress like that, you, why would you lie? <laughs> I, well, you know, like um you have to remember that uh Yen's aim here is to capture the gin. Um yeah. so like like she doesn't even like while obviously like a lot of the um shall we say further work on Yen's motivations because technically they're not yet discussed here mm-hmm. um, like gets done in later short stories I think there's also a thing going on here where like um, like well b- since Geralt's the one with the wishes she just wants Geralt to make any of the wishes so she can capture the djinn that's yeah. pretty much just the objective she's like like as Geralt observes obviously deluded because she's she, she can't capture the djinn and eventually doesn't right uh, mm-hmm. When Geralt makes his wish and it breaks free, um, like, uh, but, 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 um, I, I, I think like it's more a moment of like, she's basically trying to look into his soul and like find what it is that like he wants, but I think it is very interesting that like her final most definite guess for mm-hmm. what he wants, uh, is one that like like goes so close to like what Yen's later motivations are later established to be. Yeah. Um, Freedom to be who you want to be, not who you have to be. Like it already establishes, I think. Like like I mean, it doesn't explicitly say that in this short story, but like considering everything that is later established, I think it's basically worthwhile to note that like you know it is essentially the first reminder of one of the many things that like make them similar that draw them together yeah Yeah. and i think this bit 
you know, he stayed silent. She stood over him in the nickering radiance of the wizard's sphere in the glow of magic amidst the flashes of rays restraining the jinn, streaming hair and eyes blazing violet, erect, slender, dark, terrible, and beautiful. And that's it. He's lost. Yes. Um, and <laughs> yeah. lilac and gooseberries. And... Gooseberries. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where he finds out somehow, somehow he's, everything clicks for him. He, he understands what she was. He, he realizes that she was a hunchback before she became a sorceress. Um, and then he's horrified, not by that, but that she would read his thoughts, find out what he had guessed, that she would never forgive him for it. He deadened that thought within himself, killed it, threw it from his memory forever. Because this is the idea that all of a sudden he realizes he knows something that she wouldn't want him to know. And that that might mean she could never forgive him for knowing it is the most horrifying thing in his mind is, again, like he's... Even facing <sighs> death. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the most horrifying thing. Facing death, the most horrifying thing is that she might not want him because of what he knows. Yeah. Um, and then um, the Witcher suddenly understood what it was that he wanted and he made his wish. It's these one-liners, the bloody one-liners that Sapphire yeah, does. I know, I oh. know. <laughs> God, he's so fucking so good. good. <laughs> and of course, that cuts to the perspective of the outside, and you know they just see everything blow up, and we get it's like in the show, you know, they the talk mayor is promising to make a statue of Geralt and everything. Yes, and say, like, you yeah. know, <laughs> he's nobly sacrificed himself. <laughs> And if, you know, we the get Witcher that... Geralt of Rivia has nobly sacrificed himself for the good of the city. <laughs> we will think about his statue, and then it's actually great because, like, like, uh, like the narrator just goes, um, "Dandelion spat looked at the mayor, and with a few choice words, expressed all of his feelings about all the um, paying your respects and uh, honoring and statues in the world." <laughs> Uh, poor dandelion. <laughs> um, uh, and of course, he like Geralt bloody sobs at one point that like when he thinks they're dead, it's quite dramatic. Like 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 really feel bad for dandelion here. I'm gonna really enjoy rewatching the show now that we're. <laughs> so I just like I can see all the pictures in my mind. Like I can see show Yaskir on his knees saying like I'm going to compose the greatest song I've ever written and I'm going to sing it for the rest of my life <laughs> he always said I had a beautiful voice, voice. <laughs> um, yeah then we get the first sex scene between Geralt and Yennefer and again oh, Zappa, he's so, so good at writing sexy good. sex scenes without writing any sex I know it's incredible yeah. my god <laughs> Um, so, so many fantasy authors are so bad at this, but he is really good at it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, everything about this is so... Unlike show Yennefer, book Yennefer heard what the wish was and is into it. She's extremely um, into it, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, d- yeah. yeah she, she's like condemned yourself to me. To me. She's clearly yes. a... Uh, yeah, a dom yes. thing on the go here. <laughs> yeah, and they are... They are, like, they are so far gone for each other. I just like this 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 little paragraph here where, like she leaned over him touched him he felt her hair smelling of lilac and gooseberries brush his face and he suddenly knew that he'd never forget that scent that soft touch knew that he'd never be able to compare it to any other scent or touch Jennifer kissed him and he understood that he'd never desire any lips other than hers like oh my god <laughs> you know he gazed into her violet eyes the most beautiful eyes in the world eyes which he feared would become everything he knew you could read the entire set like every paragraph just, i know yes. i had to make myself stop and skip it so i would have just read the next two pages out because 
Yeah. It's oh. so beautiful. It's proper, like, it's love poetry. <laughs> Your wish, she whispered, her lips very near, near his ear. I don't know whether such a wish can ever be fulfilled. I don't know whether there's such a force in nature that could fulfill such a wish, but if there is, you've condemned yourself, condemned yourself to me. Oh, my God. It grabs you by the heart. It's incredible, honestly. Like, Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. And this is like they were caring and tender, and although neither quite knew what caring and tenderness were, they succeeded because they very much wanted to. It's just beautiful. Yeah. It's just... oh, and they were in no hurry whatsoever. The whole world had ceased to exist for a brief moment for them. Guys, we like are the doing the, the read out the next two pages thing. Come oh, on, come on. It's <laughs> worth it. It's so good. <laughs> this this is like not every... an audiobook of The Witcher, guys. Like... <laughs> but it's just fair like... use. We're doing. Analysis. <laughs> it's just like that entire page is just some of the best romance writing I've ever seen. Written it is, anywhere. It is very good though. It is it is genuinely beautiful romance writing. Like fucking amazing. Like And then we sort of after this miracle of writing we just sort of get, you know, the closing scenes with the you know, there's a rainbow and everyone's all you know recovering from everything <laughs> and we get the very you know uh, Kiriadin sees the two of them um, and says well it's, it's, sees them having you know relations and then Dandelion asks what they're Jennifer's doing Jennifer's alive well. I heard her moan there she moaned again <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, really Erdil is going like 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 um, she sounds like she's in pain like someone get like you know <laughs> Medical uh, workers, she's not, like she's not in pain. <laughs> uh, uh, and then Dandelion asks, "What are they doing? Tell me, damn it!" And Kiridan responds, uh, "You know, the elf smiled very, very sadly. I don't like grand words, and it's impossible to give it a name without using grand words." It's, mm. Yeah, it, it's a different tone from the show because in the show that like it's it's le- it's more sort of funny, sexy. Whereas in this yeah. one, it's, it's like sh- profound romance, like world-ending romance. Yeah, it's like the show, it's like jokey and there's like a jig playing in the background. In this, it's, you know, like his whole being, his every thought, his only thought, everything, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which which I don't object to. I think they play it well in the show. Um, you know, it's, it's different, but I like it. Yeah. And I then, like- of course, we get... Mm the voice of reason afterwards um to round us off which i get yeah. this it's less it's less important than the first one but like it's... honestly wait um like uh did we mention what Geralt's first wish was because that's quite important oh, oh we need to, oh, we need course, to talk yes. about the last like, most okay, important so, so, thing so, of all so, right no the first wish we need to talk about both <laughs> We need to talk about first wish and the last wish. Like we need to take up, we don't, we need to talk about both. But like, but let's let's talk about the first one because it was omitted from the show. So show viewers who are who are listening to this anyway, um, like personally, I think that like while it would have been very difficult to include it in the show, I deeply regret that they didn't because it is the most funny thing in the fucking series to me, and I laugh every <laughs> time I read it again. Like, <laughs> oh, it's it's delivered which, the, the um, execution of this bit 
is phenomenal yeah, because they, they hint at throughout, it throughout the throughout story. The, throughout the short story, they like Geralt keeps going, coming to people, going like, "What does the exorcism I used mean?" And they're refusing <laughs> to tell him, and they either laugh or like take offense. And then like eventually, he convinces like priest crep to actually tell him, and he's like, yes. "Like, ah, this isn't the time for jokes." But okay, fine. So what it means is, get out of here and go fuck yourself. Like, and because it was his first wish, obviously the genie had to fulfill it to the letter <laughs> literally yeah, that's why it as it was worded <laughs> so no 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 surprise that the genie was really angry at the whole tower of rind and everyone in it and Geralt and Yennefer and everyone you think um, it would have just yes. had a cigarette is, and come back a bit really, mellow <laughs> this is really when you think about it a horrible story about about um uh, fucking, you know, animal abuse. Um, like, <laughs> um, oh no! Like, because because I'm not I'm not I'm not quite sure that the genie is like an especially like sentient creature. Besides for being pure rage, so <laughs> Geralt yeah. made it very angry. Um, yes. Like, um, so that's the first wish, and now the last wish. Um, in the show, we never find out what it is. Technically, in the books, it's never explained. But I think it's hinted. I don't know. At. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty clear what it's meant. Yeah. To basically, be. they say if the only way to save them both is that if he somehow ties their fates together forever. And I think. Yeah, I think yeah. all three of us probably agree on like what our guess is. The that the word was the wording was that we live happily ever after. Yeah. That is our theory. Um, if you have any other theories, don't have this with them. We don't. We won't believe you. Um, <laughs> because this whole series has just been a long retelling of fairy tales. And in fact, right at the start of the story, just like in the show, when uh, Geralt telling the, the 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 people in the guardhouse about the about the the gin, they say, "Oh, a genie granting wishes. It's just like a fairy tale." So we get that whole. Thing that we are in a fairy tale right at the start of the story and so it has to end they lived happily ever after pretty much yes we're like, not gonna tell you much. anything further but let's just say that like it does hint that that might have been the original wish yes. yeah um, i think in the um in the games um again without spoiling they do tell you their interpretation of what the wish is and it's very different i mean the show we don't actually know what the wording was but i mean yet the show's not quite as I'm not. I. I don't Clearly think. I don't telly. think it's. It's. It's going to be what we think it is in the books. No, the show's not quite as openly fairy tale y as the books are. So. No. Yeah. And but but also but also Yet. like um how they put this right like um the the show has explicitly taken a quite different interpretation of the wish like the the show the show has taken an interpretation that like let's be quite real here um the wish was actually quite uh, like you know like horrible in position on Yennefer the show yeah has taken that tack and I think the way they phrased the reveal of it implies that he said something along the lines of like I wish to not lose her yeah I mean I, I think like that that was basically something like that yeah. and, but but like it it does seem to like be going for an interpretation where like you can't like basically, where you can't really disagree with Yen in that TV series episode where she gets angry at him for it, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Um, which is I think quite different from what Sapek was actually trying to say with the original story. 
Yeah, because the story does a pretty good job. But I mean, and the, the show does show them getting very kind of sexy flirty with each other before the wish. But like, I think the story does a good job of showing like Geralt clearly falling for her and her clearly caring about trying to stop him from dying before the wish is made. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole thing like going on here. Um, like, and, and, you know, like, I mean, like, I think it's, like, I think, like, one way or the other, like, what actually matters, um, in the short story here is that, unlike in the, unlike in the TV series, Yen is actually, like, extremely okay with it. Yeah. Well, to be fair, in the TV series, in the immediate aftermath of The Wish, she's pretty okay with it as well. She doesn't, she doesn't hear it, it in the TV series. Oh, no, she doesn't, does she? Mm. She doesn't find out until episode six. It yeah. all goes tits up. No, like I, 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 I think they're like they're like fundamentally in- interpreting the story differently in the sense that t- the TV series is treating the wish as like essentially Geralt had no right to make such like I mean yeah it was made under the heat of like they were going to be eaten by a genie, but mm-hmm. like but he had no right to make such assumptions. Um, yeah. Whereas whereas I... the short mm-hmm. story is deeply going. I mean. For starters, for starters, right? If we're interpreting it to to mean live happily ever after, that actually does not necessarily imply anything bad. Because if they weren't into each other, they would live happily ever after separately. Yes, yes, yes. It's completely value neutral. Yeah, yeah. Like, Whereas if it's I wish not to lose her, that it's... actually implies something more bad, right? Like, yeah, and I think um, the show. Unlike the books where, I mean, Yennefer is important, but she is not fully a co-equal character. The show, Yennefer is a co-equal character and they want to explore her motivations and things. So it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like, I I, I just saw a Reddit post that I'm kind, that I kind of inclined to agree with. That, like, um, it does really strongly see, like, the phrasing of the wish has a lot less to do directly with love and attraction and a lot more to do with faith, i.e. live happily ever after. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so it couldn't have possibly caused something if it wasn't there. But in the games, there is a whole quest line basically where Yen wants to remove the wish. So so you can make sure mm-hmm. that you that like, you know, you would love each other even if like it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so so CDPR it does seem to be interpreting that like the wish was something that could have caused them to fall in love with each other. Which again I'm gonna be real here. I don't really like that interpretation. I don't. I don't. I don't like the interpretation that like it, that this is anything to do with like that that, that this is even like like you no know, um like with, with all with all due respect to the TV series, which again like as we've established, we all love. Um, like I'm I'm not sure the the point of that entire episode of this short story was meant to be anything other than their fates are now bound. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think we'll see, like, a deeper exploration of what the wish was and what it meant in the second season. What I'm saying is basically that, like, you know, um, uh, like, I, I don't know, like, how to phrase this, but, like, um, basically, I don't, I'm not, I'm not really, um, sure I like the adaptation's, like, attempt to interpret the wish as, like, anything less than innocuous, like... Mm. Because um, best case scenario, it like like because like like I mean like you know you, you like the, when you when you watch the TV series, 
the the absolute best case scenario that you get is that you do really go um this this still feels bordering on the unforgivable but like okay understandable because Geralt was in a panicked situation and needed to bind their fate somehow mm-hmm. um like because not gonna lie like the, the the way it's played you you kind of like end up agreeing with Yen when she's angry you know yeah yeah like like to to the point where like um like uh i i i was even like you know like a, like a little bit like i i felt I, I felt a little bit defensive about Geralt like um when a twitter friend who had not like played the games or read the books um like basically asked me like you know if um like uh is the wish actually like the same like you know in the in the uh, um like played played more or less the same in the in the books because if so, it seems a bit fucked up what he did. And like I mean, honestly, like the way the the TV series interprets it, I can't like disagree with that because you'd get the impression that like you know, while unintentionally, Gerald basically kidnapped a woman. Well, I mean that's a bit harsh. I mean, can't like, really say destiny like, the... kidnapped. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, I think that's a bit of, even with the show's interpretation, I think that's a bit harsh, because it was, like, a panicked I know. attempt again, to save both of their lives. Again, like, not his fault, but even, yeah. but, like, the show's interpretation makes me feel, like, a little bit unhappy, because I don't think that that's what the point of the wish in this short story was meant to be. Well, assuming the phrasing was, I don't want to lose you, or I don't want to lose her, like... That doesn't imply forcing her to love him. That just implies they're going to keep crossing paths over and over and over again. The rest yeah, but easily like... be real. <laughs> that's And that's, I, I mean... think, I think that's how it's going to go is like, they're going to like figure that out. It's just, she's having in the heat of the moment, this like, 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 oh, great, like, to, like to, I'm going to be running to, into to, you for the rest to, of my life. To some degree, Erin, but like, like actually I'm gonna be running into you for the rest of your life is a pretty terrible condemnation to impose on the person anyway. Mm, I guess. Like, nobody should be running into a person for the rest of their life against their will. Well, it's good to be alive to be able to do it. <laughs> I mean, like, sure, but like... <laughs> well, to be fair, he also doesn't... If, if the wish is I don't want to loot, that's not like putting... There's no... It's... Like... I mean, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily imply. It does. The, it doesn't necessarily imply, like any of the things it necessarily implies. But um, like. Um, Remember, it's a gin wish. But like you know, like look, guys. Like the the point. The point is, regardless, that like it creates a kind of moral ambiguity to whether this was okay that the books don't really give you like mm. because 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 th- there is no reason to believe that there was any wrong even like not even wrongdoing but like there was any moral ambiguity to like Geralt's wish Yennefer hears it she's okay with it like frankly as i say i think it's probably live happily ever after but even if it's not um it's some kind of phrasing that if I'm being very real here, it probably does not was not like um, as I want to see coercive, but that's not really the right word. Like like coercive on the part of destiny rather than Geralt. <laughs> like um, mm-hmm. like as 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 what the show and the games seem to be interpreting it as. Um, like which like you know again 
Um, I'm I'm curious to see what they do with it. I'm I'm sure like it'll be good, uh, because I trust Lauren. I would trust Lauren history with my with my firstborn child. Um, <laughs> but like, um, but on this specifically, I prefer the like originals unambiguity that this is something that like Yen hears she's okay with it um and you know that like they just know that this is actually like the first step of the fact that th this is the person yeah. they're meant to be with like right from yeah. the outset i think that's fair um right we should do the voice of reason real quick and then this is gonna be another one of those monster two hour episodes to edit so <laughs> yes um, voice of reason yes yes so with that in mind uh we kind of come to the last voice of reason uh we're basically dealing with the fallout of Geralt's. uh fight with the order of the sword of the white rose right falwick and tails and yeah. uh, a, a small uh, a dwarf called Ka uh, dennis kramer cramner or something yes uh dennis cramer uh so basically tails and falwick have been waiting around for Geralt to leave the temple because um they don't they didn't think it would was right to to call him up on 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 his refusal of their challenge in the temple, but now that he's left, fair game. Um, and they have a scrap. Geralt, uh. <laughs> yeah, basically they have a lot of argument about chivalry and rules and whether or not Geralt should be fighting them. And it's it, it, it basically they're trying to set up an unfair fight because Tails needs to regain his honor by fighting Geralt. But if Geralt injures Tails, then Geralt will be uh, called up in front of the prince because it's, Tails it's, is the it's a it's a it's a triple catch 22 because because um yeah. Ger like uh, uh Geralt has to fight Tails because Tails is a knight and Geralt isn't um like if Geralt refuses to fight Tails he will be considered unworthy of a fair battle and therefore um like the knights will be able to hang him um yeah. if Geralt agrees to fight Tails um yeah. and like um and wounds in him, any then way get wounds him with in any way wounds him with his own sword he will be dragged before the before the prince and tortured like uh, yes. so it's it's a triple catch 22 where basically any way that like Geralt opts out or like harms tails like he will be wounded like and um like so the only he... way out is to let him get injured um or so like, they think. let himself get injured yeah or so they think but like but like when Geralt like enters the fight all that basically happens is that they exchange a couple of a couple of blows sword against sword and Geralt like strikes tail sword so hard that it's strike that like tails sword like flips back towards his own face um, like yes. <laughs> uh, injures him but because tails did it with his own sword Dennis Cranber tells Falwick to fuck off and like that like um, you know uh, he's not going to in any way persecute Geralt any longer <laughs> like, yes uh, and this is in line with uh, dwarves often just being the best people in this dwarves are just series. the best people that's just the thing that, that, they just like, find loopholes yeah. <laughs> like, like uncritical support for dwarves um yeah dwarves in the witcherverse are often like the fairest and the like in terms of like just dealing fairly with people and being reasonable and being generally good this and is, this getting is, along this with is, really well this is despite <laughs> the fact that mahakam is apparently run by like hilariously like adamant social conservatives 
<laughs> well, <laughs> like it's it, like like there. The, my favorite bit about the dwarves is like when fucking Zoltan delete this later, obviously. But like, uh, yeah. but like, uh, where where Zoltan basically rants about like um how he hates how like Mahakam is being run because it's being run by people who like have um like decided that the priority is what they call cultural issues which is to say oh like God. um like like is it acceptable for dwarves to make to, to make vodka for instance like oh god <laughs> oh dear yeah <laughs> oh dear yeah so so this ends with um Geralt deciding to 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 threaten uh, Falwick that if he causes any more trouble for Nenica or the priestesses, um, that he'll Cranmer. find, or yeah, or if they decide to become yeah a problem for Cranmer for having sided with him, he'll uh, find him, ignore any rules of chivalry, and bleed him like a pig. Um, what I love is that Geralt and um, Dandelion make a a show uh, of riding slowly, slowly, sort of. Slowly into the sunset land. and then cutting a bolt. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And like, and uh, Dandelion seems a bit panicked. He's like, "We're not going to head straight south. We'll have to make a detour to avoid Elander." So, like, clearly they've been. He, he was trying to make a show of, of not being afraid, and I'll ride through your lands if I want to. And Carol's just like, "No, Dandelion. We'll just go through the forest and join the Trader's Trail." <laughs> I just thought that was quite funny. And uh, yeah, that's the last wish. Yeah, that's the last wish. Yeah, they head south and. Uh, uh, they they well they pop back into the t- oh no no shit the important pits next. Oh they 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 visit they visit Nenica one last time. Yeah, so they visit Nenica uh, one last time on the way back, and uh, Nenica has made up some new elixirs for Geralt, and uh, has Yala hand them to him. Uh, and when which Yala's conveniently hand- conveniently tricks them into like accidentally touching hands, and she has a trance. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nenica, you shady bastard! Like you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I completely forgot uh... about this bit. Yeah, so yeah, she has a, t- um, a trance and talks about like broken bones and teeth and. Yeah, the li- the line is uh, their hands touched, blood, 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 bones like broken white sticks, tendons with whitish cords exploding from beneath cracking skin, cut by enormous paws bristling with thorns and sharp teeth. The hideous sound of torn flesh and shouting, shameless and horrifying in its shamelessness, the shamelessness of death, uh, shamelessness of the end of bl- of death, blood and shouting, shouting, blood, shouting, and then Yala is basically having a seizure. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 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 And they have to take her away, and Nenica begs Geralt not to leave, now that they've seen this, and he says, she says, don't go, and he says, I've got to, see to Yala. And leaves, and Nenica sort of wiping away a tear and says farewell, and that's the last wish. <laughs> so, I've got a question for you guys here. Like, what do you think that was, like, a prediction of? Because it sounds like some kind of monster, but, like, I'm, I'm struggling to think. It sounds more like to. a prediction of Geralt's death. Which it isn't, because we know we get a different prediction of Geralt's death later that we. Yeah, that's not Geralt's death. Yeah. Like, yeah. So... And, we, and we know that all the predictions are always true, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's a purely deterministic universe. Um, like, like violently so. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's entirely possible that, like, um, this is something Sapic like, had basically written up. So, like, yeah, this could be how he was predicting something to go for Geralt and then just changed Didn't, it. Yeah, that, that's later. what I was going to say. It's entirely possible that something that, like, 
essentially got soft retconned, um, yeah. like or something that like, you know, like a you know in, in the universe we can interpret this as something that like maybe came to pass, but like behind the scenes, or could be like basic. I mean, it also could be basically anything because it just predicts a lot of blood and bones and stuff. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's not like he doesn't get injured fighting shit. Like... Exactly. Like, if there's a lot of blood and bones going forward. Um, but like, actually, I've got another question for you guys. Like, um, which should have mentioned before, like the Nanika thing. But like, do it anyway. Um, like, um, where do you think like Geralt and Andalion were returning from? Because there is a like, like, like in the in this interstitial, because there was there was an interesting bit where Geralt says something along like just before fighting tales along the along the lines of. Um, Nenica should not learn about this little adventure, mm-hmm. and I'm not, and I'm Seasoned not convinced. Mm, I mean, I don't. I, I would have to check where exactly the chronology season of storms fits, um, but perhaps not impossible. Like because, like, like I mean, like I think it's probably it's probably not that not as long as season of storms was. Oh no, because season of storms is before he goes to fight the Striga, and this yeah, is just yeah. after the Striga. Yeah, yeah. So it like it's yeah. around then. Because because I don't think I don't think Geralt means this fight with Tails because there's no reason for him not to tell Nenica about that. No, I actually that. do think I just that's what I assumed. I assumed that that's what it was about. Okay, but consider like you know um, he had like you know we 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 get no previous mention of them of of him and Dandelion okay. going anywhere else. Like, but in the English translation, the wording is not a word in Nenica's presence about this quarrel. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, again, translation differences, because like, because like, because yeah. like, in in the Lithuanian, it goes, it goes basically like, Nenica should not learn about this little adventure. So again, Sasha, if you want to tell us what it says in Polish, <laughs> yeah, shout out yeah, to Sasha for again. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> One way or the other, point stands. Where do you guys think they were returning from? Because like. <laughs> yeah, like what were they doing out? Because if he was not leaving they, Nenica's, had, had they yet, snuck away to get drunk? Was that it? I was gonna suggest like, snuck away to a brothel because that seems exactly what those either, two would do. Either a brothel or like literally they ran out of their alcohol at Nenica's, like, and they went like, right, let's go to a lander get pished. Like, <laughs> I'm completely a hundred percent certain that they went to either go do some drinking or some whoring or both. Because like, remember that like Geralt was hiding his alcohol from Nenica in the library. Like, yes. so like <laughs> it's entirely possible they ran out of alcohol and we're like, right? Let's go yeah. to Lander. Like, yes. <laughs> uh, no, I completely agree with you. That's exactly what Geralt and and Dandelion would do. <laughs> <laughs> they're literally, they're literally just fucking young adults, like still, <laughs> like not really over their their pissing their life away phase. Like yeah, <laughs> and on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's up. last wish. Yes. yes. So I think that's that's us done. So that's our show. Um, thanks so much for joining us, and we hope you will join us again next time, uh, when we are going to do a wrap up episode, so we can talk about all of the stories in the last wish, complete with spoilers for uh, the games and future books. 
Sorry, our music is Medieval Extraction by Lucas Purdy and Milislav Kolar, which you can find at freemusicarchive.org. And you can find us on Twitter and Tumblr as at the Witcher Cast or email us at castapodtierwitcher at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye.